Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode about, excuse me, the first ever episode of, yeah, about that comedy podcast. My name is Chris and my lovely co-host this my evening. Melissa, and we're off to an awesome start. Amazing start. <laughs> Just stumbling and stammering everywhere. This evening we will be reviewing the, one of the greatest comedies of our time believed by both of us, the movie Friday, uh, starring Ice Cube and Mr. Chris Tucker. Our great, favorite John Witherspoon. Oh, the great John Witherspoon. He, he's clutch in this movie. This movie was made in, what, 1995? Seems forever ago. I would talk about it, but then you'll just remind me that I'm an old lady. I wasn't going to go there, but I might now. So you said the budget was three million? $3.5 But it made how much? Box office, 28.2. And it doesn't seem like much it now in today's 2019, but for 1995... That was quite a bit That money. was probably hugely successful. Yeah. I remember thinking about they didn't make that much off of the movie, but... For 1995, that's a box office hit, I would think. And there's no telling how much promotion there was for the movie, how much um, advertisement did they do. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that BET was as big as, at the time. I mean, I would imagine that was one of their main thoroughfares because I, I don't think you've seen any uh, movie trailers for Friday on NBC or CBS. In 1995. No, probably not. I mean, it was a pretty prevalent black comedy for its time, but that doesn't mean it was super mainstream. Exactly. Although it ended up having, I think, over the years, it gets mass popularity. Because, like, even my stepdad, he would call people macaroni a lot after he saw it. Because it it had such a widespread appeal once it got to the forefront, I think. Yeah, it, it, it touches a lot of different races and a lot of different age groups and... It, it has a big influence, I think, on um, – it, it shaped the way that we talk about things today, especially weed. I, I feel like it helped kind of bring weed to the forefront, you know, and kind of helped uh, – I want to say undemonize, but uh, – Well, it made it funny. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and made it more mainstream to me. It's just so messes me up that this movie's over 20 years old. It just sort of reminds me how young I am not. <laughs> but, like, but what's cool is that so many people from this went on to have successful careers and are so successful. I mean, look at Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. Regina King. Oh, my God. You know, a lot of those people are so successful. And But as we were talking about, we don't know what exactly happened to Chris Tucker, though. This was his his breakout movie, his breakout role. Everyone knew him after this. Yes, he went on to do Rush Hour, but... And Rush I, Hour 2. And Rush Hour 3. And he was in um, The Fifth Element. That is of, true. It was weird. It was weird, but I think Evan loves Chris Tucker in The Fifth Element. It's I a believe, good movie, but it's I think just, I've heard him talk about that before. But it's just, you, you're like, the Jetsons and Smokey had a baby. It's really weird. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, but that's, those are the... Is that it? Is there more? I, I can't think of anything. But you said he's doing comedy now, so maybe... He, he came out with a comedy special on Netflix, I believe a couple years ago, doing that. Seems like everybody's coming out with a comedy special now. Well, we were watching something when comedians were talking. It was one of the, It was another podcast, and they were talking about how sometimes you would do a movie so that you could do stand-up. So maybe that's one of those things, like, he did movies, he's done... But he wants to be on stage. Maybe, maybe that's a. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out how. How can he resurrect his career at this point? I mean, I don't. Maybe I don't he want to. I don't know. I haven't seen the stand up. I don't know how good it is. Yeah. I would love to see him in another movie. He's one of the, to me, one of the best comedic actors I've ever seen. Anything sure. I've seen him in, I've always laughed, and it was a genuine laugh. Yeah. And you know, it's a relaxation, and I feel better. Because I got some endorphins out there or whatever. Movie. I mean, yeah, he's for sure. Perfect. So, this movie 
Rotten Tomatoes, went back, uh, kind of reviewed it, obviously, because they didn't have the tomato meter in 1995. Um, old. So old. <laughs> so old. Critics gave it a 76%, audience 91%. I feel like that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, other podcasts would go to a, a Metcon or something. I, I believe that is. I don't. I don't either. I think it's for uh, these horror movies that they're doing. Do you but... think Rotten Tomatoes gets highbrow? And how with a name like Rotten Tomatoes, you get highbrow? But regardless, the fact that it, the audience, ninety-one percent of audience members, really liked it, that tells me that that to me is more important because that's your everyday people. That's your, that's your mass appeal. Yeah. That that tells me if you. I don't know if it could be made in this day and age, but if you go back and and make re-release this movie, it never comes out in 95. It comes out in 2015. I think it makes a lot more money than, obviously, the 28. Yeah, because it'd still be funny. I mean, okay, so we talk about, and I don't want to get too off the feed and path here, but some movies that were made in the 80s and 90s, I'll even mention one of my favorites, 16 Candles. In today's lens... It has some problematic oh, yeah. themes, really problematic. Friday, not so much. I mean, you can talk about, you could get political and talk into what life may be like in those areas, but yeah, there's not the problematic issue. So I think it would, I think it would, it's still just as funny today as it was then. Yeah. So I agree. I completely agree. So getting into the movie, um, we we started watching it. And immediately, we just kind of noticed some scenes that we had never seen before, or the fact that the last couple times we've watched it has probably been on the USA Network. Which is why you miss so many lines. You watch a DVD, and you're, there's like an extra 15 minutes on this. But like <laughs> USA just says, like, you don't need to see. We have commercials. Yeah, I, For me, I can, as you heard during the movie, I can almost say recite this movie line for line and i'm like hey this wasn't in there that wasn't in there the serial scene for sure oh yeah serial that was like an extra couple minutes that i never i never saw yeah there's extra lines john witherspoon giving us you know his funny and being the great actor and comedian that he is absolutely but going back to that serial scene where we'll get started here you know craig got gets fired for from allegedly, his job. Allegedly. For, yes, it's 2019. We have to put allegedly in there. Stealing boxes. Um, you know, at home. Pop's trying to to convince him to look for a new career as a dog catcher. Do they ever say where he was working? They don't, but he was obviously working with Red, and it was some kind of... Like a moving company or something? Well, I, Red had what looked like a UPS... Uniform uh, on. Yeah, he did have like a yeah. So it's funny. I did not pay attention to that part, but so yeah, he's fired on his day off for allegedly stealing boxes. Allegedly. So his dad's on him. Find a job. Pick a career. How about you be a dog catcher? And the and the glory of dog catchers. And then you know, obviously, going over the career while he's sitting on the toilet, you know, just makes the scene that much better. Dropping, dropping a deuce. <laughs> I certainly don't remember them sound effects that we heard on the USA version. It was like dropping a boulder into a <laughs> pool. <laughs> and then he's like, Ugh. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> and then Craig winds up, winds up in the uh, kitchen, getting them some cereal. Pours the big bowl of cereal, only to find there is no milk. Excuse me, there's a, there's splash. a, there's a splash of milk. A splash, yeah. Oh. You ever had that issue? You, you you know, I did not. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think I, if it had happened to me, I probably would have thrown it away. You can't throw it away. You got to put some water on it. I can't do the water. There's been multiple times. Mr. Aston has gone to the refrigerator, open it, get him some milk. Ooh, ain't nothing. Gotta get the old water out. I can do, it. I can do oatmeal with water, but no cereal. It's not. It's well, not yeah, happening. oatmeal, but you got. You got. You got another struggle. I can't do it. You got another struggle. I've known the struggle of generic cereal, but I can't do. Oh boy, milk. yeah, that's nothing I want to 
impose upon my children. No, that's horrible. <laughs> but yeah, old Craig is uh, forced to eat it with some uh, water on it, and it brings back too many bad memories there. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> then we, uh, we move on. One of my favorite scenes, um, the bathroom scene, just like right when it starts, John Witherspoon spraying the spray up in there. <laughs> Just got this. Like a solid yeah. thirty seconds. Like, he should have been choking. It just he can't stand his own smell, and that's pretty bad when you can't stand your own your own production. There, then we uh, we move on. We end up meeting Felicia for the first time. I cannot remember what the first thing she came over for was. Uh, she wanted to take the microwave. Yes, she wanted to borrow Craig's microwave by taking it back to her house to cook some chicken. Which means steal it, right? Oh, steal oh, the microwave. They wasn't getting that damn microwave back. Yeah, that, that baby was gone. That baby was gone. And then uh, we got our you know, crazy ex-girlfriend calling. Joy. Joy. Oh, she was anything but With her SWV nails. Her nails are like <laughs> six inches long. Oh, and is that still in style nowadays? I haven't I seen it lately. So. Different shapes and stuff, but definitely not so long that you couldn't like take care of business when you went to the bathroom. I mean, I, uh, she yeah. had some daggers Yeesh. on her hands. But anyway. Yeesh. Yeah. So you meet you meet her, then then Smokey, right? Smokey yep. goes over. Smokey pops up in the window, kind of rips the curtain. You know, as best friends would do, just out of nowhere. Randy Orton hanging, style, just... you know. Uh, man, good old Smokey. I think he's one of the he's the pillar of the movie. I think I know Craig is the main character, but I think every I want to say everyone pretty much gravitated to Smokey. Smokey is the entertainment, and he is the definitive reason of don't get high on your own supply. Oh yeah, because the main the whole main dramatic point of this movie is the big worm. Who what's it? Phase on. Phase on love. Phase on love. Phase on love is the. The drug dealer. The kingpin. Kingpin. Of he, their street. He runs essentially their block, it seems like. Which since no one track. no one ever leaves that particular block. They don't go anywhere else. Well, I take that back. I guess that the store wasn't on that block. True. But that was that seems to be the only scene that they're not. That's on not that like street. on the block, yeah. yeah. So the fact that he's instead of selling weed, he's smoking weed and that gets the whole thing where Big worm says, like, you pay me my money or it's over. (laughs) Essentially. um, And stop playing with my emotions, Smoke. You know, just you got a job to do. But but you but you're taking up all the supply, man. And then what's he giving till 10 o'clock that night? Otherwise, he's going to smoke him, smoke him. But the whole thing, too, is he then he pulls Craig into it by saying... Well, I guess that, that comes later, because right. that's when he shows up with the uh, the ice cream truck. So, essentially, he's giving him a chance to uh, make things right before he has to take that big drastic step. So, he's a drug dealer, but a drug dealer with a heart. <laughs> At first, he has a heart. And then, uh, I mean, but you play with my money. You know, my heart gonna go quick. Right, it's problematic. Then it goes back to them, uh, Smokey and Craig. Want to talk about him getting fired on his day off? Mm-hmm. Um, Checking out the women on the street. Oh yeah, and then uh, Smokey comes up with a bright idea. I'm gonna get you high today. I know you've never been high before. I'm gonna get you high today. And he does not handle it well at all. No. Not 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 the least bit. Do you remember your first time getting high? Sir, I've never smoked weed in my life. All right, that's a goddamn lie. We know that, so... I'm a straight edge, actually. So... <laughs> See him? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so... Then so he gets high, and that's when he starts talking about when Smokey starts talking about his. He's twitchy throughout the movie. Well, 
Yeah. Um, I feel like I keep getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah. I, just a, a little bit. But we, uh, I think that story where Red comes up and uh, how uh, Debo knocked him out for his that's bike. That's what Smokey came over originally. He yeah, and he came over about, and telling that story. So Debo is the neighborhood bully. Oh, yeah. Who takes, your, who takes everyone's stuff. Ex-convict. Uh, big badass, you know. Obviously they, can't wipe his ass to oh save his boy. life. Ugh. But he That's, feels that if you stand up to him, you get knocked out for your troubles. Exactly. And story story has it that Debo takes uh, another character's bike. His name's Red. Red's father has been pushing him to get the bike back. So he approaches Debo at a, a nice little dice game. You know, click, click, clack. Rolling the dice in the alley, whatever. Hey, uh, you know, Pops wants me to get my bike back, Debo, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Debo's like, yeah. What (laughs) bike? Debo turns around. Oh, it's right over here. Turns around, gives him a nice right hook, sends old Red flying to the ground. His Pop hops out the car. Debo, what was that? Uh, You want some of this too, old man? Yeah. No. <laughs> that, he Enjoy. was read from uh, um, the comedy that was on BET Comic View. Yeah, he's, he was like he was host. an old comedian. Put him, like, yeah, behind a bar or whatever. But that was read from. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize him. Yeah, he's an old comedian, also. A so lot that sets of... up the second villain of the movie, if you will. So you've got Big Worm who wants his money. Mm-hmm. You've got Debo who. Just goes around jacking everyone, but you kind of set up that someone's going to have to take this guy out because he's just terrorizing the whole neighborhood. And, and that's what I also like about this movie. There's a lot of foreshadowing in it if you pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, just a, a lot of clever things there. We also meet, um, after the story, we meet the neighbor Stanley, who oh, I yeah. said, after um, so many years, I'm not going to put out how long I've been on this earth, but... uh after so many years, I can start to see his his point of view on things. Get off my grass. Well, he's the only one with grass. Everyone else just has dust. <laughs> that is Number true. Number one, he's got trees and grass, and he's, like, very neat and prim, wearing, like, a house coat. And he's got a Corvette. He's got a very nice car. Very nice. You can tell he takes pride in his home, but he still is. He doesn't want to represent the neighborhood that he finds himself in. So yes. he's very prim and proper. Tries to keep everybody. All he wants to do is just have his life and have a keep your drama off my yard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and then from there we head over to Smokey's house and we meet his lovely mother. Who? Yeah, she. She doesn't look much older than him, which no. I think is probably fortunate. Which let's talk about that for a second. So they are in their twenties. Craig's supposed to be twenty-two. Correct. I don't think we ever get an age on Smokey. <laughs> but you assume that, I mean, they're like neighbors. Same you, age. You get the kind of, because he goes, remember this earlier in like trips. And so you get, yeah. you get the feeling that they've been friends since like school, elementary, yeah. whatever. Knee so, high yeah. to a grasshopper type thing. Yep. So Smokey appears very much to be a product of his environment. Mom's sending him to the store to get cigarettes. <laughs> With the dog. Talking about making enough. <laughs> yep. He said, this ain't enough. <coughs> Make it me. enough. And she says some. He says something to her about cleaning the house or cooking. So obviously, there's not a lot of that going on. Oh no, gross. I imagine she just sits on that phone talking all day, watching her soaps. Yeah, and his. Meanwhile, his room is covered in forties empty forty bottles and weed posters. Oh. So it's one of those things. Like you sort of get this sense that he's just sort of going through life, stuck. Yes, I don't. And obviously no father figure around, which is, I guess, could be why there's a drastic difference between Craig and Smokey. Obviously, yeah. Craig has both his parents. Seems like a stable home. They're clean. They're they're all employed except for Craig. Yeah. And they're <coughs> functioning normally. Uh, and then obviously Smokey's the opposite. Uh, they head up to the store. We meet Ezel. The crackhead. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Which we didn't realize till now. The creator of the movie, F. Felix Gary. Yes, Felix Gary Gray. Gary Gray. Goes by F. Gary Gray. Right. He's the creator of the movie, but he's actually the. The janitor. 
or the business owner. Well, I'm not sure if the Asian guy dressed like a gangster is the owner or if it's him with the broom. Yeah, I I want to say he is the owner, and <coughs> I don't I don't know what they were trying to get at with the uh, the Asian man with the broom. That, or, excuse me, the Asian man behind the counter. But he's the guy that, so Ezel the crackhead comes into the store, pretends to slip and fall. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Oh, I'm taking a court for $150,000. Or we can sell out a court for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm, exactly. Man, it ain't even wet over it here. It ain't even wet over here. <laughs> so it turned out the whole time that that's the creator of the movie. And he has such a little shadow, like a second of a part in this. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Give me $10 I won't tell nobody. And then he says something about $2 and some Skittles or something. <laughs> Give me $2 and some envelopes. <laughs> That's right, it was envelopes. <laughs> Stupid. What are you going to do with some envelopes, sir? And then uh, another question we kind of talked about during the movie. We noticed Smokey's attire. Smokey part of the Crips. I mean, all blue hat, all blue shirt, all blue chucks. Khakis. You said khakis, yeah. And if so... You know, where are his other fellow... No, you don't get any of that, though. So you wonder, like, is like Blue just his favorite color? Or is he... He likes to pretend that he's big. He's always talking about he's big shit. He's those big time... Uh, how he ain't scared of big worm and everything. And he's mm-hmm. not scared of getting shot. And then he turns into, like, a punk. But... <laughs> cool. So you kind of wonder, is that just the image he's creating? Yeah. And then <coughs> one of your favorites, the uh, car not parking... Oh my god! So he's got a. a it's Ford a Pinto. Pinto. Yeah, and I I had never actually seen one until this movie. So it's just a piece of shit car, and it won't park. <laughs> and his feet are dragging <laughs> behind him, and, stuff. and it like it get out of the car, and it's still backfiring. <laughs> it's American class. And then he gets out, and he still beeps the alarm. Chirp chirp, like yep. for real. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna steal your? Who's gonna steal that? Hey, you never know. It's the hood. I mean, I guess a shitty car is better than no car, but this still, is true. it was still funny. Then we run into Mrs. Parker, who is watering her dirt out there and barely any clothes on whatsoever. Mrs. Parker is the older, but apparently still quite attractive neighbor who is out there dressed like Daisy Duke. Oh, boy. I've got some, uh, I think i got some relatives that might fit said uh, Miss Parker descriptions that oh. just... Might need to let it go, but won't let it go. I'm just saying, and she's watering. She's out there half naked, watering <laughs> her one good flower, and the rest of the yard is just sand and dust. Oh boy! <clears throat> then we finally get to the weed montage. We're getting Craig high, and uh, just just hilarity ensues. They're pretend boxing, and then. Craig becomes super paranoid, which I know is a side effect of, of the tweed, but I don't, I know my first time certainly wasn't like that. No, but I like the way that it shows like how he's physically affected, like his heart's beating real loud and he's just feeling really unsettled Yeah, because you, you think that when you get high, you're just going to like relax, eat chips, take a nap, but he's, he's really having a hard time. And part of it is because he's not a regular smoker, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> which sucks because then that's when we meet, well, we really see Nia Long, who's his love interest in the movie. Mm-hmm. What's her name in the movie? That's a great, not Debbie. It is Debbie. Debbie. Yes. It is Debbie. She, yeah, this is Nia Long, peak, peak Nia Long. She's beautiful, she's smart, she's going to school. And right before that, just to throw this in there, uh, the pastor shows up. Bernie Mac. Oh, good old Bernie. Gotta love you some Bernie. I, I hate that I can't, or I hate that I, there's comedians now that I appreciate so much listening and understanding their material, but they're they're now deceased. Yeah, you won't get any more news. Bernie stuff. Mac, Patrice O'Neill, <clears throat> some of Ralphie Mae stuff I never really appreciated until they were gone, and that that certainly sucks. But certainly Bernie and Patrice were a couple of my favorites. And Bernie's role is so funny in this. So he's supposed to be a pastor. Oh yeah, a, a shady pastor. <clears throat> a shady pastor because he comes up, Smokey's about to roll a joint, and he talks about. 
it's sin <laughs> to be smoking, but then he wants some for his cataract. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you got to take care of yourself medically, you know? And then, uh, apparently, old Miss Parker bends over and then he is swept away with temptation to go teach her about the teachings of the Lord. Right. They're about to go have a quote unquote Bible study. Session, oh, yes. I'm guessing. Oh, yes. Then they went in the house. And, uh, yeah, good old uh, Felicia comes back. So we, she's a crackhead, right? We're assuming because she's, oh, she's like, so there's no assuming. Her hair is crusty. She's trying to steal shit. Even though you find out, like they have a house that seems pretty clean, pretty nice. She just and she's in the habit. But she still got some crackhead shit in it that, like, she could have just went ahead and sold. There was old school TV that would. Probably decent new, for the time. Right. I'm sure you could have got 20 bucks so she for it. crackhead tendencies. She was hanging out with Bebo, <laughs> who's obviously not boyfriend material. Yeah. Trying to borrow people's microwaves and shit, which is crazy. So, yeah. So then there's her again. And then we, uh, this scene, at the end of this scene is where we get the classic line that came back up recently here in pop culture of the, uh, by Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, because he's trying to get rid of her. I am uh, not sad that that is since dead and buried. That got old pretty quick. Um, what ever happened to her, Felicia? She, I don't know about her, but um, I was actually reading one of my sports articles last year, and her son is a big-time football recruit, and I believe he went to the University of Miami, and... I don't know if he's doing well down there or not, but he might be. You know. Obviously, he's not a crackhead. Obviously, not a crackhead. Not a Felicia. That's he, awesome. I think he did make comments of he was tired of the by Felicia. I'm she, sure. she didn't mind it. She um, thought it was cool that she was being remembered, and that was, uh, you know, obviously part of it. And again, this shows you how widespread movie this is. A gentleman in his, I think, 50s, his kids are grown at my work. Every time he leaves, he tells me as he walks out the door, Bye, Felicia. It, it touches a little bit of everybody. He it might. really does. I, does. I wonder if he knows where it comes from, though. I asked him, I said, have you ever even seen the movie Friday? And he's like, he said no. And I said, you've got to watch it. You've got to understand where that comes from. And it's actually a really good movie. But it just goes to show you how this movie has endured, even in pieces, when you don't know the root of something. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Like... You ain't got to lie, Craig. Like that, some of that stuff just hangs around. It it really does. And then uh, next scene, they kind of pop into the kitchen, uh, trying to get some Kool Aid. There's only one problem. Ain't got no sugar. Peanut butter, no jelly. Yep. Chris Tucker <laughs> goes on to one of his his great rants. Oh, you got you got two things. You never have two things to match. You, you got peanut butter, no jelly. Kool Aid, no sugar. Ham, no burger. You know. <laughs> kind of sounds like our house some of the time. Some of the time. When Pop shows back up after they, they get some sugar from Smokey's house. Um, he's, he's had a rough day. He's had an unfortunate incident at his job. Uh, <laughs> As a dog catcher, yeah. <laughs> got bit in his ass. But that dog tore the hell out of his booty. Not that I was looking that hard. No, but he... The camera goes behind him, and oh, yeah. the whole section of his pants missing with a big old bandage right on his butt cheek. <laughs> old John Witherspoon, I love him. Then uh, old Big Worm comes back in his ice cream truck, calls Smokey over. You got my money? All right, I got some of it. All right, well, give me that, and then uh, give me the rest of the weed. He's going to go sell some around the corner. And then uh, old Smokey. Got a hundred dollars in his hand. He supposed to have what three hundred total? I'm guessing. Three hundred total if he sold it all. Yeah. And then uh, he, he counts out the hundred, flips it over, uh, hundred twenty, hundred forty, hundred sixty. Uh, stop playing with my emotions, Smokey. Mm-hmm. At this at this point, uh, that's when Craig gets pulled into it because Smokey tells them tells Worm the story of how Craig got fired and. They got high, got him high for the first time. All right, folks, sorry about that. Little transition learning this new uh, anchor ad for uh, podcasting. 
But where were we in our story? So we're talking about <clears throat> Big Worm comes back. He's in his ice cream truck, which is a front for his drug business. Which I did not realize until you pointed that out. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. I didn't until tonight, tonight either. But so he calls Smokey over and he says, "You don't have if you don't have my money by if you and Craig because now Craig's involved. If you don't have my money by ten tonight." Killing you both. Yep. He has to go back and explain that to Craig. And Craig's not exactly happy about it. I wouldn't be either, but, I mean, that's your boy. That's your partner. You'll figure it out, man. Yeah. And then, uh, eventually, all this stress starts getting to Smokey. Gets the gets a feeling in his gut. Smokey gets a feeling. <laughs> Smokey got to take a shit. So Smokey, try, Smokey runs home, beats on the door, can't get in, left his key on the inside. <laughs> oh, the panic poops. Those are the worst. I know we've both had a... Oh, I've totally had to shit outside before. Like, it's the, it's not a good time. I wasn't going to go that far, but I'm just going to talk about the punishment light up the street. But Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> there's those things where you're not sure if you're going to make it. You're struggling to get to somewhere. You got to do what you got to do. And that's crisis mode, for sure. That is right. So, Smokey, crisis mode, runs back to Craig's house, beats on the door, pops answers. What you got to do? Number one, number two. Number two. Nope. Denied. I don't think I could, as much as I don't want a stranger or not, just someone who's not my family pooping in my house, I don't think I could turn you away and let you suffer. Well, unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. So Smokey is forced to take <laughs> shit on the side of a house. And who pops up? Ezel, of course. I feel like he's, even though there's plenty of comic relief with smoking, I feel like he's like the extra comic relief coming in. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he was casted perfectly. Could have got him a few more lines. I don't know where I would have put him. That's probably the same quandary the director might have had, too. That's true, but and we'll get to that when we get closer to the end of the movie, but we'll talk about how he sort of ends it. Yeah. He also offers to clean up said mess for $2. That was... Oh. That seemed like a, a, a nice price for <laughs> I won't even talk to you while you poop for $2. <laughs> I'll alone clean up the aftermath. That's I not do, happening. I do love how he announced it to the uh, the old neighborhood, though. Damn, I'm going to tell anybody. Hey! Smoke it back in the of shit! And then kind of go into... Oh, you hear that voice crack there? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Getting sexy around here. Uh, getting to... The seriousness of the situation starts to get to both of the characters where uh, they're trying to figure out what to do, don't know what to do, you know, where are we going to come up with this money? Yeah. They get a bunch of different ideas. Uh, Devo. Yeah, Devo came over and uh, him and Smokey broke into Stanley's house at one point. Mm-hmm. When Stanley went, I guess he went to the store because he came right the fuck Devo, back. He saw Devo coming, so he bailed, and then he comes back like ten minutes later or something, just crazy. It was obviously a quick trip. Yeah, and uh, they got Smokey's like, yeah, we got about two hundred dollars. Then with Devo, I got about two hundred dollars. Right. So once again, back to square one. Yep. Nothing gained there. Um, pops. Comes to Craig and has a great little speech about being a man and because at this point Craig's Craig gets a gun yeah to try to protect he and Smokey since they know that obviously come ten o'clock it's going to be scary it's going to be dicey so he gets a gun yeah and then Pops has to tell him that's not. How you handle things. That's not what makes you a man. I kind of I, I kind of wish more of the youth would have heard this speech and kind of taken it to heart with, you know, some of the issues we have today. But we won't get into all of that. And I think we forgot to mention, Debbie tries to hook Smokey up in this movie. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. With a love interest. 
a a a Janet Jackson type love interest. She says if you she will. looks like Janet. She gets to the house. I believe Smokey's comparison of Janet Jackson went to Freddie Jackson. She pulls her hat <laughs> off to scratch her head, and off come her braids with the hat. Oh so man! Effectively my, bald. My my favorite part out of that scene was, well, why don't you go on and get some need? I know you're hungry. And what did she reply with? She said, I hate you. I ate already. I ate, I ate twice before I came before over. Before I came over, yeah. Oh my god! And, and I part of me hates it because being a fluffy girl myself, I'm like they they need love too. However, she lied because they spoke <laughs> on the phone earlier, and she says my everyone tells me I look like Janet Jackson. She did say on the phone that she was thick. She was thick, but what you want to what you want to envision when you hear thick is like. Amber Rose, not Kelly Price. <laughs> that is true. So Thick was like thicker than a Snickers for real. That like, was a, that was a few Snickers put together. Yeah, that was a whole casserole. <laughs> so he's pissed off because essentially she lied to him. She lied. Yeah. She well, she misled. Okay, misled. We can go yes. with that one. So he gets rid of her. And then he gets the idea to go steal. How does he get to? Oh, he went to confront Debbie about her uh, friend not looking like Janet Jackson. Yes. Finds right. out Debo is over there with Felicia. Has the idea to jump in the window, steal his money, and while then they're sleeping. while yeah. they're sleeping, and then he would have the money to give to Big Worm. But once he gets in that window. Which we find out again, Debo's old oh, personal hygiene is not. Crappy. Yeah, his drawers are just wiping. Not a priority. Oh boy, but hey, man, Smokey's quick on the draw. Grab that straw, lift some draws up. I'm, but that and that scene, I think you touched on it, particularly shows his acting skills because he was like horrified when he dropped those underwear on him and thought he was gonna wake Debo up. That was. <laughs> I I imagine he freestyle act acted out that scene, but that was hilarious. Hilarious, hilarious. And I, you could kind of tell that was all him. The and fact is, he's he's about to execute the plan. Here get comes. that money, old Ezel. Crackhead. Seen <laughs> seen the window open. Decided he wanted to hop in there too. See what he could get. It is Robin season all the time on the street. Robin season. So, yeah, so again, back to square one. Still no money. Still no money. But they do get a little redemption in the next scene as they catch little Chris talking shit to them. The young man who goes around kicking everyone's trash can over. Mm -hmm. They finally catch him in the middle of the street and beat his ass. With a belt, no less. Oh, God, that... I bring back flashbacks. Thank you. Which I would feel bad, Ooh. except for this kid's just a little hellion. He's a little shit. Yeah. Who's mouthy and always trash talking and stuff. So it's funny. It's messed up, but also hilarious. Got what he needed. Lord, which is, you know, I know sometimes I wish I could beat these kids in our neighborhood, but, <laughs> you know, prison. So uh, they ended up heading back to Craig's house. By now, um, Word of that big snake situation. Big snake, yeah. Big snake, big word, big... I don't give a damn! Mm -hmm. Get the hell out of my house! Has spread throughout Craig's house. Everyone knows that he's had a confrontation with Big Worm, or Smokey's had a confrontation with Big Worm, and Craig's been pulled into it. So Pop kicks Smokey out, tells Craig he needs to stay in. Craig defiantly, you know, Pops leaves. Craig defiantly walks out with Smokey mm -hmm. with the gun to try to protect him and try to bring him back to his house. As soon as they go outside, they see a van in the middle of the street. The van cuts its lights off. It's time. Right. Shootout starts. Um, I mean, typical shootout. But Chris Tucker on top of the roof, screaming like a girl. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Firing shots ahead hit nothing. <laughs> Talking shit while he's shooting. They, they eventually keep running to hide in the, in the bed of a pickup truck. And he just goes on this little crying tangent. Cry for his mom. Yes. 
I mean, I can't blame him. I, I certainly might do the same thing. No, but he, yeah, he's freaking out. And then... But they know, shake the people. They, they, they yeah, they shake them. Shooters don't see them. They eventually uh, come back to the neighborhood, but right before they're shown coming back to the neighborhood, Debbie comes up and confronts Debo about... Yeah, because right now Felicia. everybody's come outside to see what was yeah. going on. There's all these gunshots, what was happening. So yeah, you've that, got all the main characters that you've seen. The neighborhood is woke. And they they all, are out there <laughs> trying to figure out what was happening. So then here comes Debbie with Felicia. And she's all bruised and battered because Debo's been beating on her because he thought she had attempted to get in his pants to get the money after while they were sleeping. Right. Which obviously was not the case. It was smoky. And uh, Debbie confronts him, gets in his face. Eventually, he hits her, and Craig stands up for Debbie. And, you know, he's being a man. He starts to pull a gun on him. Well, he's being a man for his love interest. And then also telling, look, Debo, I don't want to fight you like that. Because Debo pulls out this big-ass knife, you know. Yeah. And he's he's not trying to have those problems. And then he eventually pulls out a gun. Imagine shooting Debo in the face, which, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people wanted to do. Oh, for sure. Would have been happy with, but the the speech that he had with his father earlier in the movie comes back to play in his head a little bit and cut back to screen. It's fighting time. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the fight scene? I mean, just... It was pretty short. As far as, like, movies now go, they drag that stuff out so far, but it was, like, a good solid fight. Like by then you're starting to get excited because you've been waiting for some kind of like real action yeah. between the two of them. Because obviously it's meant that you sort of figure out that he's supposed to be the hero in some way because everybody's telling him to be a man, get a job, do something. Yeah, I I feel like it was pretty pretty decent fight scene that they built up to. Obviously, finally the the uh, main interest of the movie is yeah. standing up to the big bad bully. And he holds his own for a minute, then Debo just starts oh, dominating. On yeah. But he got the brick to even it up. But like, like I kind of told you, I I seen one of these fights, you know, because they end up on Stanley's car, um, Debo slamming Craig on Stanley's car. But back in high school, <laughs> there's a fight outside of uh, Pete Atkins Stadium. And uh, man, these two cats just fighting on these people's car and destroying it, demolished it. You know what they were fighting over? Oh, no. I don't remember, and I'm sure if you ask them, they probably don't remember either. But it was a knockdown drag out. Oh, man. Right? It's it's top, probably top three of the all-time fights I've seen. It, it was a good fight. It was a very good fight. But anyway... Um, Debo, or uh, excuse me, Craig ends up turning things around after he gets choked out by Debo. He picks up a brick, throws it in Debo's face, and just goes to town on him. Some rights and lefts, and eventually knocks Debo out. He hits him with like a two by four or something, right? Yeah, that, that and was. This is all taking place on Stanley's yard, like by now all in Stanley's yard all day. Stanley's watching, Smokey's watching all day. Stanley wants everybody out this fucking yard. Just stay out my grass. And now it's ground zero. Ground this. zero. It He's is. Fight. It is cage, uh, cage match central right there on Stanley's yard. Um, but Craig defeats the big bad Debo. Red runs up, gets his chain back. I think we we skipped over how Red got his chain snatched and cried and yeah, ran so away. Yeah, so after he, you find out where previously, in days prior, he gets his bike jack. Debo comes around. Red's stopping to visit Smokey and Craig, and Debo snatches his chain right off his neck. And Red runs up crying because it was his grandma's <laughs> chain or his grandma gave it to him or something. So I he the way he ran away, you know, arms down and flailing. I wonder if they got that. You remember the, this is way off topic and kind of bleeds over into the horror show or horror happy hour podcast, but the movie us, you remember the commercial where the uh, little kids running, but arms yeah. aren't moving and it, it's kind of freaky. 
I wonder if they got that from there. Oh, see, he also sort of runs like Tina on Bob's Burgers. Oh my God, yes, he does. He runs like Tina. That is perfect. So, <laughs> anyway, so now that Devo's knocked out, here comes Red to get his chain back, and he gets his bike. Yeah, rides off happy into the sunset. Yeah. Here comes Ezel. Well, no, that's after Smokey searches him down. Oh yes, gets that gets that two hundred dollars so from can him. Pay Big Worm. Yep. So that is reconciled, and then Ezel comes up. Takes his shoes. Takes his shoes. Gives him his knife back. He says, I still, I don't kill. Yeah. Then. Debbie, um, Debbie sort of comes over and checks on Craig. Are you okay? Yeah, loving touch. Yeah, and they, you, they decide he's, she's going to call him the next day. Everything's uh, cute. Come over at 830 because her, her mom's in Vegas with her boyfriend. Well, she's her college age folks. Why don't y'all? Number of people still living at home. My mic, but the twenties, I was out. But it, but it is the hood. You so you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do. Even though if it's Miss P, she always had that rule: eighteen and out. She didn't care. She stuck by it. She even moved up. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't go, I will. <laughs> no, yo, you ain't going nowhere. I got it. Pop, pops calls. They go back in the house. Mm-hmm. Pop take another dump. Of course. Calls Craig into the bathroom. Has another father-son talk. He's proud of him for the way he handled himself in the fight. Tells him his supervisor is going to give him... The supervisor called, and I guess they're going to give him his job back. We never fully got an explanation of that. Mm -hmm. But Red did say something earlier in the movie that we kept rewinding the tape, but all we could see was the back of his head, and we couldn't technically identify that with you. Right, so, I mean, he never says he did it. Exactly. So, so yeah, so now he gets his job back. Pops was proud because he fought like a man, handled everything like an adult. Goes to bed, sits up, clap on, clap off lights. This is midnight, and then it goes over to Smokey's house. Yes, where he's kind of standing up to Big Worm on the phone. Trying to act like hot. hot oh, yeah. Like he would have dealt with his shooters and all that. And tells Worm he's he's quitting selling weed. But then you get another classic line. And that uh, I was just bullshit. And you know this, man. <laughs> Fade to black in the movie. So. It was such a good movie. It gave us um, Keep Their Heads Ringing. Lots of good songs. Yes. I, great soundtrack. That that is still one of my favorite songs to this day. Keep your heads ringing. I I did not realize that it came from the first movie. For some reason, I thought it came from the second one, but I don't think that there was any good music that really came from the second one. And we get that 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 Oh yeah, oh yeah. That is the my my twerking jam. I know my twerking jam. So it's good music. It's a good movie. There's some very serious elements of what life is like in the hood. So you get, you know, obviously drugs, domestic violence, guns, um, just an overall (laughs) (laughs) lots of theft. Uh, You know, a little bit of depression, poverty, you know, drug epidemic. Yeah, certainly a lot of things that people are certainly going through with a comedic spin on it right which sort of makes it relatable and you know there's a sympathy but it's also funny because they're they're most of them are still operating in this environment and they're getting by and they're doing you know they have households and a family structure and all that stuff but it's it's still really funny but at the end you know Ezel, who's supposed to be this crazy crackhead throughout the whole movie just really it's really cool how he points out like I don't kill. Like I maybe just still, crazy. Yep. I have myself more. He, he still has more. Yes, exactly. That's exactly There's what I was thinking. That he won't cross. So yeah, just a great movie, and a lot of people went on to be successful. You, you know, we just, talked about that before. Ice Cube doing great things. Mm-hmm. Regina was in Boondocks. Uh, she was a voice. Out of which they talked about possibly bringing back. So I'm, I'm hoping that happens. Lord willing, and she's been in so many other things. Really successful. The woman who played his mom. She was a the um, guard in the um, Williams Brothers show. Yes, 
D Ra- Baxter's what's D, her I name? Roz with those night court. Well, that was uh, her her character's name. Yeah, I, has she passed since? I think she I might know. have. You might, you might know that. I'm not Maybe sure. And then John Witherspoon, we keep trying to see him live before you know he goes what, up to the upper room. What I'd like to know. Okay, so we didn't touch on this either. So Bernie Mac was hitting the neighbors. The neighbor, Mrs. Uh, Miss Parker. Miss Parker, her husband comes home and he is a little person. I can't remember his real name. He's but I've a seen him in other things yeah, too. Yeah, he's a comedian. Uh, Bad Santa. Yes. He's the elf in Bad Santa. Yes. So even he went on, even someone who has such a small heart, he's done big things. He's done going on to other movies. and. Yeah, this was. This was a launching pad for a lot of people. And it's kind of sad that not all of them went on to do the rest of the franchise. Like, yeah, I would have loved to, I would have loved to have Chris Tucker in the second, and maybe even the third one. Um, I mean, I guess. We lose Chris Tucker, but we get Mike Epps. Yeah, I don't think. That would have been nice. I don't think. At, if I got Friday. Chris Tucker. I would take Friday Chris Tucker over uh, Friday after next or next Friday Mike Epps, I think. As much as you love Mike Epps. You yeah. I, I, for I, these I, movies, anyway. Yes. I think I would rather have Chris Tucker than Mike Epps. That's just me, though. You know. I'm weird. No, not at all. It's just, it's just a really good movie. It, it's something about his face and his... Chris Tucker's face and his delivery and... Just the way he does things that, if you know me personally, um, you, you'll hear me go up an octave or sometimes it's because of him. It's because right. of Marlon Wayans. It's, you know, me being funny is because of guys like him. 90s comedy, man. Even the TV shows were great. Living Single, all those. There's so much that was good then. It was pretty funny. amazing. And also, I don't know if your mic will pick this up, but um, Our Lady Mayhem is snoring. Yeah, as she should be, and as we should be, as it is damn near midnight. As we are old and up past our bedtime, but so I just we... wanted to say, in case you hear that, it's the dog <laughs> snoring. We are not entertaining to her whatsoever. So, probably no one else listening to this podcast, but I think we shall wrap this up. Um, episode 1, Part 2, because of technical difficulties. <laughs> yes, Episode 1, books. Part 2. Don't know quite yet what Episode 2 is going to be. We wanted to keep this a half an hour. Obviously, that didn't work. We are working on an hour, so um, dates that we put these out. Uh, kind we'll of to do weekly or at least twice a month. Weekly or twice a month, probably twice a month with our schedule. First, we've got to fight over what movie to watch next. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a big one. Um, I vote Goonies, but we'll have to have longer discussions. Is that really a comedy though? Well, listen, we're not going to get into that now. But uh, a whole other hour, yeah. Yes. So, thank you for listening to the first episode of Yeah About That Comedy Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Melissa. And we will catch you next time. Bye, Felicia.